Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you've been in the process of looking for a job in the past year, or if you're beginning your job search this year, you've probably experienced some challenges in getting yourself out there when almost everything has gone virtual. While that can certainly add some hurdles to your job search, there are a lot of ways you can pursue your next opportunity and stand out in the current COVID environment. In today's episode, I'm joined by Amy West, a Navy veteran and Orion recruiter, to discuss the top five best practices for maximizing your job search in the age of COVID. We'll discuss how to get past computer resume scanners and get your resume into human hands, how to build your network, and the importance of evaluating your online presence. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for a future podcast, I'd love to hear from you. I'm always looking for guests to share their transition story or success in their post-military career. So if you're interested in participating, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me back, Megan. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back. It's been a while, like we were just talking about before we started. So for anyone who's maybe new to the podcast or you know, hasn't worked with you, can you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. My name is Amy West. I've been with Orion since 2018. I served on active duty for five years in the Navy as a gas turbine electrician and then decided to get out for family reasons and came here and have been loving it ever since. Awesome. And, you know, you're obviously a great asset to our team in Virginia Beach. You and I have never gotten to work face to face just virtually. But like I said, you've always been a great guest on the podcast. So I'm excited to have you. And, you know, all of that being said, last year was a crazy year. 2020, we were chatting about it a little bit before we started recording. Um, Just personally, it's obviously been a crazy year for everyone. But, you know, specific to job seekers, I know that a lot of job seekers have struggled last year. And I'm sure you being on the front lines of that, you've heard a lot of that. So from your perspective, what were some of the biggest misconceptions or fears that you heard from people who are currently in the job market, um, really just related to COVID and, you know, things being kind of uncertain, like what were some of the things that you heard and then how did you kind of help candidates work through that? Well, 2020 was a tumultuous year in a lot of ways. One of the hardest hit groups, I think, has been the active duty crowd as they're beginning their transition into the civilian job market. Um, That's one of the main groups of candidates I'm hearing a lot of concern and fears from. Some of the most common misconceptions and fears that I've heard over the past year that we're working to address is um, like, no one will hire me. Will I get a job when I get out? Am I going to be able to find a good job? Am I going to, you know, be paid comparably to what I'm making now? I've heard a lot of those fears and different versions from different people. And, um, you know, what I tell people is the job market has changed. It isn't dead, but it's different now. There are still a lot of companies that are hiring, but they might not necessarily be in all the same industries that were experiencing a ton of growth pre-COVID. So what we need to do is kind of adjust our approach to job seeking. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting that you say that about the active duty community. Have you seen a lot of people maybe that you talk to that are, you know, early on in their decision to transition, they haven't necessarily decided they're going to get out and then they end up just deciding to stay in a little bit longer until they can figure it out or feel a little bit more certain about things? 
I have. And for some people, it seems like the right decision for them. Of course, that's um, a huge decision to make and ultimately up to the individual. But what I want people to understand is that especially if you have a great skill set, you're motivated and you want to work hard just because we're in a pandemic, um, just because some areas of our economy are experiencing downturn, it doesn't mean that you have to reenlist or you have to extend because you won't be able to find a good job on the outside. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that fear should be the deciding factor in whether or not someone starts their civilian career by reenlisting. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So I like what you said about, you know, things maybe being, or you said things are not dead, they're just different. So with that in mind, we did put together a list of, you know, some of the top five ways that you can make the most of your job search to hopefully land your job, your dream job during COVID or, you know, obviously now things, we have a little bit more of like hope, I think, on the horizon. So hopefully things will be different. But at the time that we're recording this, we're still January 2021, things are still kind of the same. So we thought this list of the top five things would hopefully help any job seekers. So I'm going to read the first one and then just kind of get your insight as we move through the list. So the first one is create a resume to help you get past the applicant tracking system. And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this one because I know that's something that I hear from candidates as a reservation all the time. Um, so I would like to hear your thoughts on this and what you would tell a job seeker who's worried about this one. That is a great question, Megan, <laughs> and I could go on for hours about how to write great resumes to get you through the computer system. Um, basically, what I think candidates need to understand is most of the time, especially when you're tackling your job search on your own, when you apply for a position, your resume isn't necessarily going in front of a human being like me first. A lot of times your resume is first going through an ATS or an applicant tracking system, and that's a computer program that is scanning your resume for certain keywords, and the resume will either trash your resume or send it to a human for a review based on whether or not you can get it through that initial review by the computer. So one of the best ways to get your resume through that, <laughs> through that step is to apply for jobs that you're qualified for, um, quite frankly. You know, one of the most important things to do is to make sure that your resume is tailored for the job that you're applying for and ensuring that you meet what we call the core skills on a job posting. So a lot of times I run into people that will um, sort of, they think they're casting a wide net by applying for a lot of different positions, but that's actually not the best way to be considered for a lot of different positions, to just hit apply on everything that you see on Indeed. It's fast, but it's not necessarily as effective and it can cost you in the long run. So to circumvent that, look at closely at the job posting and read it start to finish and look at your resume and make sure that you're meeting, you know, at least three quarters to half of the basic requirements. You don't count yourself out from a job because you don't meet every single wicket that this company is looking for. But if you don't meet any of them, then maybe it's not actually a skill set fit for you. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think that's something that a lot of times job seekers will kind of look through the list of requirements and say, well, I don't have, you know, 
I don't have 100% of those. And like you said, you don't have to. Now, on the flip side, yes, there could be some overly confident people that are going to apply whether or not they meet those requirements anyway. But I think that's great advice. Okay, so the next one is evaluate your virtual presence. So this one's obviously huge with so many things being virtual these days. So what is some advice that you have for job seekers of how they can kind of not only stand out on, you know, virtual platforms, but also make sure that they're not doing anything that they shouldn't be doing to draw the wrong kind of attention? Sure. I think it's a good general rule of thumb to every few months set a little bit of time aside and go through all of your virtual platforms. So social media, that would be Facebook, LinkedIn, any platform that you're on regularly engaging with other people. Um, you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward both online and in person. So I would recommend that if you're trying to develop your online presence, take some time to search for other professionals in your industry on LinkedIn and look at their profiles. Now I'm not saying plagiarize, but you can often draw inspiration from your peers that are out there um, doing similar jobs to either the one that you have now or the career field that you're trying to break into. Go look at what they're doing. There are awesome creative people out there and they're just a few searches away. So see what great LinkedIn profiles look like and then model yours accordingly. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good advice and one thing that I thought of that I hadn't thought of prior to our conversation that might be a little bit unique as well to really the past year is, you know, obviously it's been a hard year for job seekers in general, but it's just been a hard year for the country in general. I mean, there are so many polarizing things going on. People are taking to social media to post about it. I would think that's probably another thing to keep in mind where you know, if it is something that you're really passionate about, of course you can you can share, but you might want to be mindful of that if you're in the market for a job, especially knowing what platforms to use for those types of things. Very much so. Uh, I always tell people politics has no place on LinkedIn. I would not recommend, no matter what your political views are, I would not recommend putting them out there for potential employers to see because you don't know what kind of context um, they're looking at your post in <laughs> and you can cost yourself opportunities by giving people preconceived notions about how you might think or behave. Mm -hmm, definitely. So I would say, you know, make sure your privacy settings are, are in line. I would recommend making your Facebook, your Instagram always private to everyone who's not your immediate friend. Um, your LinkedIn is a lot more public than your Facebook account, your Instagram, some of your other social media sites. And a lot of times people forget that you can also see things like Pinterest with a quick Google search. You can see a lot of the smaller, lesser known social media sites too. And Twitter is also very public. So just go through all of your platforms, make sure that your privacy settings are where you want them to be and then go from there. Great. Okay, so the next one is highlight transferable skills. And I think this one is key for, you know, kind of the conversation that we've been having so far in terms of, you know, how do you make your resume stand out, your online presence? Well, you know, we know that some industries have been hit harder than others with COVID, but if you're looking to get into an industry that's doing really well, how would you recommend 
candidates highlight their transferable skills, even if they don't necessarily have experience in that particular you know, industry or job family? Sure, that's a great question. Um, I would say it starts with researching yourself and researching what skills you have that are going to be transferable. So, you know, have a plan, identify where you're trying to go, and then find out what skills you have that are going to get you there. And then put them on your LinkedIn profile. You can add your skills. You can, um, you can put them at the top of your resume. Make sure that they're very visible so that the computer is picking up on those. Make sure that it's the first thing that someone sees if they're looking at your resume. You really want to emphasize those things that are going to carry you through to a different industry. And 2020 has been a crazy year for a lot of people. A lot of people are finding themselves looking into industries and positions that they would have never considered themselves being in. And so it's sort of a process of relearning how what you already have can work somewhere else. Definitely. So the next one, again, very timely, perfect your interview skills. Now, you know, we're a, about 10 months into kind of everyone working from home and things being very virtual. So um, I think probably people have had time to figure this out, but for people who haven't, I mean, I know still people are still interviewing for the first time and that can be virtual. So what tips, what, what are some of your top tips that you would have for someone who is gonna be interviewing virtually? My best advice would be to make sure that you know how to use the interview platform that you're using, whether that's Zoom, Microsoft Teams, people are even doing interviews over um, Facebook Messenger video calling. Whatever platform you're going to be using, spend some time with it before the interview to get prepared and get comfortable. Technology issues can really kill interviews and you don't want to lose out on an opportunity because you don't know how to turn your camera on or hit the mute button when you need to. And those are the kinds of things that, you know, not walking into an interview without knowing how to use a video conferencing platform and it's a video interview is going to be a, a pretty immediate red flag to any hiring manager, I would say. Um, it's just not a great look. Another thing that you can do to be prepared is do sort of like a trial run. Get your stuff set up ahead of time. Test out your speakers. If you don't know how to use the common video platforms or you aren't familiar with using social media, YouTube is a great place to start. You can find a YouTube video on how to use any platform out there um, and they'll walk you through it step by step. Yeah, and one of the other things, it's like, okay, so I like what you said about doing a trial run because even if you know that your technology works, do you know what you look like? Do you know what you sound like? So if you get on and you're doing a virtual interview with somebody and you're sitting, let's say, you know, a window, you've got a window behind you or something, or you're in a room that doesn't have any lighting and the person who's interviewing you cannot even see you or they're having a hard time hearing you, that's ultimately going to reflect badly too. So knowing that your webcam works and that your microphone works that's great that's a first step but to really know that you're going to be making a good first impression because really that's what it is you should definitely you know take the time to make sure that you know how you're actually going to appear on screen absolutely i completely agree with you and it's very important to treat your video interview like it's an in-person interview so um, 
I've heard of hiring managers asking candidates to stand up. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're fully dressed, right? <laughs> um, you want to make sure that you look good from head to toe, even though they may only be looking at you from the waist up. Um, one, you're covered if you do have to stand up. And two, you're going to feel better about yourself and more prepared. You also want to make sure that you're in a good, quiet environment where you won't be disturbed, whether you're doing a phone interview or a video interview. If you're doing a phone interview, you could go sit in your car if you can't find a quiet place to be because your kids are at home. Um, just find find what you have to do to make it work and treat it like it's an in-person face-to-face interview and just prepare accordingly. You know, you wouldn't show up or I hope you wouldn't show up to a face-to-face interview and be on your cell phone while you're talking to the hiring manager. So don't do it while you interview virtually either. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And like you said earlier with, you know, YouTube having a ton of resources for any type of platform. I mean, just in the nature of like, everything being virtual here for the past almost a year. There's so many resources of things for virtual interviews. I know we at Orion have, I mean, we've got podcasts, we have blog posts, so there's tons of stuff out there. At this point, there's really no excuse to do poorly in a virtual interview. Yes, lots of great resources. And if people are looking for Orion's virtual interview guides, you can find them on our website or on our LinkedIn. Yes. Okay, so um, the fifth thing on the list is network and seek help from professionals. Now, I think that maybe this you know, past year has given people an excuse to um, maybe not take advantage of opportunities like that because, you know, for a while, I think a lot of events were probably canceled and things like that. But there is so much that you can do virtually these days. So can you talk a little bit about networking and then also, you know, the benefits of seeking help from professionals like you know recruiters like Orion and things of that nature sure expanding your network virtually is very difficult because this isn't like um, you know pre-covid where you could go to a networking event and meet 10 new people now um, you're very much in the driver's seat of your networking activities and so I would recommend building on your current ones first and foremost, and then looking to expand from there. So, you know, reach out to your strongest professional network members at least every couple months, whether that's an email, a text, a LinkedIn message, say, hey, how are you? Can we chat? Um, Also, don't underestimate non-traditional platforms (laughs) like Twitter and Slack. Um, People are connecting and people are networking in different ways. So get on board with technology and reach out to people. I would also recommend using people that are already in your network to meet new connections. Awesome. Okay, so that wraps up the five best practices. Now I want to talk through some interview questions that are specific to COVID. And I have a few here, but I'm sort of interested too to hear if these are ones that you've heard. So um, I will just maybe ask you the questions and you know you can tell me if it's one that you think people generally ask and then if there's anything that you know people who are listening should keep in mind when if they are asked this. So the first one would be how have you been managing yourself during this time and how have you been staying proactive? Yes, this is a very common interview question. 2020 was a loop for everybody and so I have heard this one 
be asked in the past. Um, I would recommend coming up with a few examples of productive things that you've done during your quarantine time or coming up with a few things that you can do to enhance your professional development like um, reading a book about your industry or something related or listening to podcasts those are great examples to use have a couple examples ready to go of things that you've done to expand your mind grow your knowledge base and be ready to go this one almost reminds me of like the 2020 2021 version of tell me about yourself yes it's pretty much pretty much that's exactly what <laughs> So you were in quarantine. What did you do with all that extra time? Right. Unless you have kids, then you don't even have to answer it. They already know. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> okay. So then the next one, can you or have you worked remotely? I have heard this question before, both pre-COVID and currently. Um, answer honestly is my recommendation. Yeah, because I would think, you know, if, if you're someone coming off of active duty, I mean, maybe that would be a hard question to answer, but it, I guess it's a twofold thing. Can you or have you? Well, maybe you haven't, but that doesn't mean you can't. And, you know, you could give examples of something else that you've done in the past that has been remote. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of things or even just speak to certain personality traits that you have that make you feel like you're someone who would succeed working from home. Absolutely. If you're a person who does well with a high degree of autonomy and you're very self-directed, you're capable of making your own schedule and organizing your day effectively, then that would make you a good candidate for a remote-based job. If you really like a lot of in-person interaction with your supervisors, your teammates, then remote work might not be the best fit for you and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, some of these questions, like the one I'm about to ask, are obviously like very broad questions, which is fine because I think that's how a lot of interview questions are because at the end of the day, they're trying to gauge what your response is. So this next one could be a little bit trickier to answer. So how it, the question is, how do you or how will you organize your day when working from home? So what would you say about that one? I have not personally heard this question be asked before. I would recommend giving an overview of how you organize your daily routine and how you sort of plan it out. A lot of people time block and that's a very popular strategy, especially when you're working at home and you have less separation between your personal and your professional life. So give a few examples of how you prioritize your tasks whether that's you start with the most difficult things in the morning and then save, um, you know, more collaborative or lighter work for the afternoon. Just know yourself and be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like that's kind of the theme through here is, and even going back to that first question, like I said, it's almost like a tell me about yourself with so many of these types of questions. You, they, it might uncover that maybe like you said, you're not a good fit. And that's not even a bad thing. It's just maybe that's a good thing that you figured that out during the interview process because not everybody is cut out to work from home. I mean, the reality of the situation is that a lot of us are last year and this year, but there are tons of people that are still working on site, you know, at different locations. So that's something that is obviously still going on as well. It just depends on the type of job that you get. Absolutely. Okay, so... Um, 
One of the other questions is sort of specific to COVID that they might ask if you would be okay returning to a physical office when it's safe. Is that something that you think a lot of companies are asking candidates? I do think so. A lot of companies are on temporary 100% remote orders right now, but they do have plans, whether it's six months from now or 24 months from now, to come back to at least some version of an in-person presence. And so they are probably going to want to know if you're going to be on board with coming back <laughs> when that time comes. Mm -hmm. And that's a very valid question, especially if it's already in their plans to return to that either in person or a hybrid model. So that's something that the employer has a right to know. And you should, like anything else, answer honestly. And if you want to work from home, you want to be a fully remote employee, that's awesome. Um, but if you if you do enjoy being in the office, let them know that too. Okay, so then the last one is, how do you communicate with team members in a remote setting? And I feel like this one might be kind of specific because obviously different organizations have their different platforms that they use. But if you were just to keep it general, um, like is there anything that you would recommend that a candidate would highlight here about you know, their communication skills or anything like that? That's a good question, and I haven't heard this question personally, but this would be a good time to drop a plug about how proficient you are with different networking platforms, and um, social media would be good too. If you know and are very comfortable with Microsoft Teams, you could drop a plug about that. Um, basically, this is a chance for you to highlight how great you are at communicating with other people. Yes, I think that's great advice. Okay, so now switching gears on the flip side, I wanted to cover some questions that, that job seekers should make sure that they ask the employer because really with any interview, it's a two-way street. It's not just the employer's chance to ask you questions. You're also there to ask them questions to figure out if it's going to be the right fit for you too. So I know one concern that a lot of people have when they're starting a new job is kind of how am I going to get up to speed? So one question that I think would be great to ask is how will training proceed and what tools will you provide if I have to work from home? That's a great question, especially if you think the job is going to be mostly remote based. But in, in any interview that you do, it's good to ask the potential employer what their training and onboarding process looks like because pandemic or not, that's an important thing to know and understand before you accept an offer. Mm -hmm, definitely. Okay, so the next one is, how have the company's views on remote work changed? So that's something that's interesting to know, um, really just in terms of like planning forward. So if you are someone that, you know, you would like to work in an office or, you know, maybe you want some sort of hybrid, to kind of know where they stand on that? Like, is it something that they're just doing out of necessity and they can't wait for it to be over to get everyone back in the office? Or is it something that they're open to continuing in the future? So I think that's a good question to ask. What do you think? I think it is a good question if it makes a difference to you, whether you're remote or in person. If, if your job isn't going to be primarily remote based, this probably doesn't really matter to you very much. But if you're planning on spending half or more of your time 
remote, then you probably should ask them if it's something that they're gung-ho and all about, or if it's, you know, it took a lot of work for them to come to that decision to send people remote. That's a good question to ask. Okay, and then the last one is just really asking about the return to office plan and the safety, which I don't know, I, I have kind of mixed feelings about this one because I do think that, you know, any office that's going to reopen, they're doing it not only because they care about their employees, but they care about, you know, they don't want to shut their business down because everyone comes down with COVID. So um, I don't know, in my opinion, I feel like maybe that's one that you would, you could ask, but it would probably be covered sometime in the interview anyway. I would I would assume so. Most of the time, if a company has a return to office plan, they'll bring it up and they want to ensure that the candidates that they're hiring are going to be on board with their plans and their timelines. So if it's not brought up and it's a question that needs to be asked for, um, you know, if you have a family member who's immune compromised and you need to know the answers to this question, absolutely ask away. Um, but I don't see this one applying to most of the candidates that I work with. Are there any other questions that, you know, you coach your candidates to ask during an interview or any that they even come back to you and tell you like, hey, I asked this and you thought it was a good one? Or do you think, I don't know, generally all this stuff is usually covered during the interview? Well, it depends on the interview and it depends on the interview. I've heard a lot of these questions be asked before um so <laughs> yes and no it's difficult to answer because it's a very broad question i have had candidates come back to me after interviews and bring up remote working on occasion but i do mostly technical recruiting so most of my candidates are actually still either going in person to their jobs or they're doing a hybrid model and so a lot of these questions don't necessarily apply to them yeah that de that definitely makes sense but i think this is all great information like i said we hopefully have some good things on the horizon with the vaccine and people kind of going back to you know work hopefully eventually sometime this year so um again this is all really good information and most of it's applicable during COVID or not. So Amy, I really appreciate you joining me today. And now that I've been made aware of how long of a gap it's been since last time I had you on, I definitely will be having you on again soon. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me back again. This was awesome. I appreciate your time. And it's always great talking with you, Megan. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.